Welcome back to another episode of Ice Time with your host, John Horton. Thank you again for listening yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and for all the continued support. Be sure to check us out on our Twitter, or X, at IceTime9899. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, be sure to send us an email at IceTime9899 at gmail.com. Each new episode will drop Mondays and Fridays every week, every single week. Tune in for awesome new episodes covering this entire beautiful league, and let's so unfortunately today, my co-host, Matt, the beloved Matthew, uh, is under the weather, a little bit of uh, health problems, nothing too serious luckily, but uh, he had to unfortunately dip out of this recording, but he will be back for the next one. Um, just want to say, you know, uh, happy holidays, happy Thanksgiving to everybody uh, out there, getting with family, friends, and loved ones. Um, you know, due to this, we will not have an episode coming out this Friday, unfortunately, but uh, as soon as... Uh, you know, this holiday week is over. It's back back on schedule, getting you guys the content that you uh, love. So, um, you know, a little bit of a quicker one today because it is just me talking by myself. And I'm going to have to run through a couple scores here, talk about some games, talk about some news, good news, bad news, great news. Um, talk about some players shining, some players not playing so great. And then uh, just wrap this episode up and uh, put a little bow on it. So without further ado, let's get into some of the games that happened. So, uh, Oilers were bouncing back a little bit, but they fell short to the Lightning 6-4, to four, even though the Oilers racked on 43 shots on goal. Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid were quiet this entire game. Um, you know, I absolutely love Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, and they've been tearing up the league the last couple seasons. But so far this year, they have been struggling, and it's very concerning. We talk about it a lot because it is a very prevalent topic that the best player in the world, Connor McDavid, is not playing like the best player in the world. I know he got injured with an upper body injury a couple weeks ago, so that could be part of it. Maybe he's still playing through that. Who knows? But, you know, really hope to see him get back to form. Uh, Senators and Wild. Wild are still struggling in the goal save percentage department here. Uh, a little shootout lost 2-1. to one. Flyers take down the Golden Knights 4-3 to three in OT. Uh, Bruins and Canadians clashing it out once again. Bruins, no surprise, with 44 shots on goal, taking this victory 5-2. Battle in the Metro, Hurricanes and Penguins. Hurricanes take this 4-2. Penguins struggled in this one. Another Battle of the Metro that we've been looking forward to uh, as Ranger fans and if you're a Devils fan since the playoff defeat and playoff victory for the Devils of last year. The Rangers take this win 5-3 with Artemi Panarin breaking a New York Rangers franchise record originally set by Rod Gilbert in 1972-73 for 15 consecutive games to start the season with a point. Um, Ever since shaving his head and getting rid of the bad energy as he described it, he has been absolutely on fire. He is top in the league in points and he looks absolutely electric out there. He's taking double shifts. He's going nuts and we hope to see him keep it up. Um, Igor Shister can return for the New York Rangers as well. Let in some soft goals that I'll get into later on, but other than that, uh, he seemed to get back in. Uh, we have the Islanders and the Flames. Islanders finally pulling through with the victory here in a shootout 5-4. to four. Jets and Coyotes. Jets crush the Coyotes 5-2. to two. Capitals struggle to take the Metro Clash victory over the Blue Jackets, winning 4-3. A clash of Titans and Avalanche and Stars. This was a close game for a while. I was watching part of this, and then um, you know I, I checked back in just to see Avalanche completely blast through with a 6-3 win. I remember when it was tied 3-3 for a while. 
Uh, Canucks fall short to the Kraken, 4-3, to which is surprising. And Jordan Bennington with the St. Louis Blues, losing 5-1 to to the So for the Rangers game, I'll, I'll just get into it a little bit here. Um, you know, it was nice to see that that rivalry, rivalry excuse me, uh, really reignite itself after a couple of years of kind of being in a little bit of a drought. And, um, you know, it's good to see the uh, fans are really into it. And I think that's always healthy and, and just awesome as a sports fan, you know, to really just have that like passion of hatred. And, you know, as a Rangers fan, I don't hate the Devils. I think they're a, uh, a great franchise, um, but I will never, <laughs> never not love watching uh, the Rangers walk away with a victory from them. Uh, hopefully to get revenge on them in the playoffs this year if, if both teams make it. But, um, yeah, so Igor Shesterkin comes back um, after missing some significant time with an injury that I think we were all shocked to see him sustain. But uh, he saved uh, 30 shots against 33 with a 909 save percentage. Um, now, I will say two of the three goals he let in were extremely soft goals that uh, really made me see red when it happened, and it just made me throw my hands up in the air because it's like stuff like that. It's I'm like, come on, like you, you got to save stuff like that, man. Like it's it, it makes me want to rip my hair out. But I understand he's missed time, you know, a little rusty, getting back in the uh, in the gauntlet here. But other than that, in the third period, he really pulled it up and uh, played hard. Uh, Jimmy VC with two goals as well. He really uh, pulled through. He's been a great re-addition to the uh, New York Rangers after leaving for some time and now coming back on just a 800k uh, two-year deal. Um, Tommy Panarin, of course, is on fire. Now the first line is still struggling in terms of five-on-five production, and you know it's not for a lack of trying. I mean, you see Mika Zibanejad out there, really playing his heart out, really, you know, taking uh, you know a lot of shifts in the game. I mean, for this. For this game in particular, he had, uh, well, well, he had 26 shifts, three shots on goal, um, but no points, 17 minutes of ice time. Um, you know, him and Kreider do have good chemistry, but for some reason they just can't get it to, uh, they can't get it to connect on five on five, and it doesn't really help having a, uh, you know, a right winger issue on the first line. First they had uh, Kako, who has still continued to struggle, who was just held to 12 minutes and 37 12 minutes and 37 seconds of ice time this game. Uh, he's got two points in 15 games. He's been struggling uh, significantly, which is a real shame because this is his contract year. And, you know, we do want to see good things from a second overall pick. I know sometimes people get annoyed when you bring up draft positions and this and that, but I think it's important because that's the baseline of your career. Unless you are like a Kucherov or a Kaprizov or anybody like that where you just show or a Jacob, a Jason Robinson, you know, where you can shut shut up your draft position with your NHL stats. Um, you know, Alexi Lafreniere has been electric. He he played well this game, but was held off score sheet, unfortunately. I, I myself do get hung up in a lot of the points uh, rather than eye test stuff, because at the end of the day, points win games, and games get you to the playoffs, and then, you know, you win the, win the old Stanley Cup there. I know, pretty obvious, basic stuff probably rolling your eyes listening to me say that, but hey, it's true, you know, points win games, and um, unless you're a fourth-line player who's just there for, you know, defensive structure or, you know, pepper in the goalie, you got to get on the, you got to get on the, on the points, on the point sheet, so, so, so far under Peter Laviolette, the New York Rangers have looked incredible, um, you know, despite some, I don't mean to get nitpicky, you know, as a Rangers fan, you you don't want to, you know, be ungrateful, but you also don't want to be complacent because it is a long season. And if that, because, uh, you know, God forbid, 
Panera and Rotrochik either get injured or slow down in production, it, you're going to see wins come to a halt because of the lack of scoring on the third and first line. First line in particular. Um, good news also for Rangers fans is Adam Fox was seen on the ice taking some drills in a red non-contact jersey. Um, you know, despite how healthy he feels, he's ineligible to come back to the roster until after November 29th because he is placed on LTIR. And um, but it is good to see him, you know, making strides. And you know, there's no need to rush him back. Not that we could anyway, but um, it'll be. It's still impressive they've been playing this well without him. I can only imagine the boost he'll give, especially in special teams when he does come back. Um, shifting away from the Rangers, I really have enjoyed watching Vancouver. Uh, I mean, between Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, and um, JT Miller, they have really been lighting the league up in points. Just those three combined. Um was interesting to see them lose to the uh, Kraken, but hey, you know, you have those games. Uh, so far, they've played 18 games. And they have a 12, 5, and 1 record for 25 points. Um, yeah, uh, you know, Thatcher Demko's really been stepping up. I mean, we talked about, Matt and I talked about before coming to the season, that it really depended how they were going to uh, reestablish some of the, the issues that they've had. And, you know, with the new GM, and they offloaded, they bought out um, Oliver Ekman Larson, which is just an awful trade for them in, in the past, and, you know, see if they could write the ship. Um, you know, I'm starting to like the Canucks more. I mean, they, they represent a massive, you know, incredibly amazing part in British Columbia of Canada. And, you know, I, I saw a video where they have like consistent, almost 100% attendance with their fans. So, I mean, you saw in 2011, they almost burned the city down when they lost to the Bruins. So I can only imagine what would happen if they ever do win a Stanley Cup, <laughs> the, probably build a statue for them or anything like that. And, uh, you know, above them is the Rangers at 12, 2, and 1. With uh, 25 points, then you have the Vegas Golden Knights, 13, 3, and 2, 28 points, and the Boston Bruins, 13, 1, and 2, 28 points. I do have to eat my hat. Um, coming into this season, Matt and I discussed on a prior episode that I thought with uh, no more Patrice Bergeron, their their legendary uh, Selkie winning uh, captain, and um, you know just their goalie tandem. I didn't think they would be able to maintain that excellence, and they have. They have shut me up, and um, Linus Hallmark and Jeremy Swayman and the defensive structure in front of them are continuing under Jack Montgomery to perform at a high level. And uh, it frustrates me as a Rangers fan, but as an objective hockey fan, it is impressive to see this organization continue the way they've been going, especially with some um, pretty awful draft picks in the past and controversy and and all that. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, and uh, Toronto here, Cracking the top 10, 10, 5, and 2, 22 points. Defensively, they've been struggling uh, a lot. I won't say a little, a lot. Between the pipes and also just on the blue line. Um, I'm sure they'll, their offensive firepower is incredible. So if they can maybe make some, you know, pull their head out of their butt and maybe get some better defense going or maybe trade for a better goaltender, we'll see them go up. Uh, Colorado is in 8th here, 11-5-0, and 0, 22 points. They skidded a little bit. They came out strong in the beginning of the season, lost some pretty shaky games, but, you know, they're still up here. Florida, who have now pretty much taken, I think, almost everybody off their LTIR, are back, I think, almost 200% full full strength in their roster, and they've shot up to 7th place in the league here, uh, 11-5-1 and for 23 points. And the Capitals, as we talked about in prior episode, have snuck their way to the 11th spot here in the standings, 9-4-2, 20 points. 
Um, you know, despite not blowing up the back of the net, Alex Ovechkin is still um, putting up goals um, here and there. And he's just incredible at his advanced 38 years old of age, uh, which, of course, is not old. But in terms of sports, that is very old for him to be putting up 20 plus minutes, 20 plus shifts and just having 12 points in 15 games right now, five goals um, on his career. He has 827 goals. So uh, he is chasing that 894 Wayne Gretzky all time goal leader. And we'll see. We'll see if he can do it. Um, I don't think anybody will ever scratch Wayne Gretzky's goals in a season record, which I think is 94, maybe. And then I think he has second place at 92. Um, yeah, just an absolute legend. Um, say what you will about the goaltending back then, this and that doesn't matter. Further time, you know, that's always a debate like, oh, if they played today, this and that. And of course, obviously, you throw him and Connor McDavid next to each other nowadays, he's going to get blown out of the water, most likely. He would still have some you know, intrinsic value to his game. But going up against the goaltenders now, he probably wouldn't nearly put up as many points. But the thing is, it's all relative to the time they're in. It's always like that debate, Michael Jordan or LeBron James, both absolutely, you know, phenomenal players, cemented in history. But it's it's all about time frame. You know, like Wayne Gretzky in the time frame, time frame he played in, he had incredible rivals. Incredible, you know, uh, Jarmir Jager, uh, Mario Lemieux, you know, Mark Messier, he, he played with and then played against, you know, so it's not like, you know, he he was playing against farmers on skates. Uh, you know, he's playing against other professional players, you know, near the end of his career and still putting up great points. And it's all relative to time. You can't compare two different time frames. I can't compare Austin Matthews and, you know, Tim Horton from the 60s, you know, even though they played different positions, but still, like, you just, it's just different, different time frames. But um, segueing here into some some uh, unfortunate, disturbing news here for the Boston Bruins. Uh, Lukic takes indefinite leave of absence from Bruins involving a domestic situation unspecified. Millian Lukic is taking an indefinite leave of absence from the Boston Bruins following an incident in Boston on Friday. The Boston Bruins are aware of the situation involving Millian Lukic Friday evening. Millian is taking an indefinite leave of absence from the team. The Bruins said in a statement Saturday, the organization takes these matters very seriously and we will work with Lukic's family to provide any support and absence and assistance, excuse me, they may need. We will have no further comment at this time. The 35-year-old forward has been on long-term injured reserve since October 28th with an ankle injury. Coach Jim Montgomery has said money that he is uh, that his recovery was going slower than anticipated. Lukic Lacks played October 21st. We are aware of the Luch situation, quote, Montgomery said Saturday, as an organization is something we take extremely seriously. Luch is, is taking a leave of absence from the team right now. We support the Lukic family and we will continue to provide support and help for the Lukic family out of respect for their privacy. That's all I'm going to comment on the details right now. I know Matt's not here to correct my name pronunciation, but I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Um, so, you know, scary stuff here to see a domestic, unspecified domestic situation. You always hope it's not, um, you know, domestic violence or anything like that nature. Very serious topic, very um, serious situation for all those involved and, you know, victims out there. So we will, you know, have our prayers and thoughts for those people at this. Another interesting thing I saw in the news uh, with Carey Price, I think everybody, um, excuse me, can agree that Carey Price's uh, fabulous NHL career is unfortunately unofficially over. He has not officially retired, but due to his lingering injuries, there's probably no way he could really ever come back and play on the level that he did, let alone a, a full season. 
Um, <clears throat> an article here of, you know, Carey Price talks life future away from hockey in part one of sit down with NHL.com. I'm only going to go into this a little bit. I'm not going to, I'm going to spare you a lot of the, the heavy details, but uh, Carey Price, the winning, the winningest goalie in Montreal Canadiens history has almost surely played his last game in a 15 season NHL career. <clears throat> Excuse me, a knee injury leaving him unable to continue beyond the close of the 2021-22 season on November 11th in Toronto. NHL.com spent six hours with Price for an exclusive two-part feature on his life in hockey and beyond the game. And basically, here he talks about, you know, how he misses, misses playing the game. He misses being competitive. He misses being, you know, in that scene with Montreal. And of course, um, very. He, you know, he he's 36 years old now. He hasn't officially retired. His contract runs to the 25-26 season, and um, the Canadians are eligible to have him on long-term injured reserve while he is injured. But he did say he will waive his no-move clause if the team finds a taker for his contract because he wants to help the team as much as possible. The team that that drafted him, that's given him a home, and you know, helped him through his own personal struggles as well as you know, chanting his name for. 15 very long, wonderful years for him. It is a shame to see injury uh, taking him down, you know. Uh, but he is at that age, too, where goaltenders, despite injury, uh, lose some athleticism and, and struggle regardless. And, uh, you know, Montreal's trying to rebuild. So it's very tough. It's very tough for, uh, for, for Montreal fans. Um, you know, just hearing that guy's name over the last 15 years that I've been watching hockey, it's going to be sad to not see him there, but we wish him all the best, of course. I know if Matt was here, he would agree. He'd probably have some more stories than I would. Um, but I will shift news over to, um, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about some NHL leaders right now at the points. I know I mentioned earlier with the um, Vancouver Canucks, but right now in the uh, in the league, uh, top three points holder, all with 28 points, is JT Miller, Elias Pettersson, and Quinn Hughes, absolutely incredible. And then following, you have Nikita Kucherov at 27, William Nylander at 27. Also, Neil, William Nylander has a 17-game point streak to start the season, which is also incredible. David Pasternak at 27 points, Artemi Panarin at 26, and Sam Reinhardt at 24, Cal McCarr at 24, Mika Rennan at 23, and Jesper Bratt 23, followed by Braden Point at 23. Sidney Crosby's up there with 22 at his age. Absolutely incredible. Uh, goal leaders. None other than Kyle Connor on the Winnipeg Jets. I'm sure everybody knows him. 14 goals. Austin Matthews with 14 goals. Nikita Kucherov with 13 goals. Sam Reinhart with 13. And Brock Bozer at 13 goals. Excuse me. Quinn Hughes leads the league in assists at 21. Patterson right under him at 20. Cal McCarr with 20. I know for a fact Adam Fox would be up there if he didn't get unfortunately injured. Um, you know, he's trying to make a case for another um, Norris season. And this injury definitely definitely holds him back just kind of like how it held um Cal McCart back last year with competing as for uh top goalies here the goals against average leading is Jeremy Swimman 1.73 now of course he plays back up to Allmark or you know a little tandem there <laughs> number two Jonathan Quick at 1.98 skewed of course because he only has played a few games but still seeing him play the way he's played is is uh is impressive uh third is Charlie Lingram at 2.01 on the Washington Capitals. Fourth is Cam Talbot, you know, former Rangers legend on the Los Angeles Kings this year at 2.02. And fifth is Aiden Hill at 2.07. Save percentage is Jeremy Swayman, 0.941. Two is Charlie Lindgren, 0.940. Uh, three is Varlamov, New York Islanders, 0.934. Cam Talbot again at fourth with 0.930. And John Gibson at fifth 
at 0.929. Right now, leading in wins, Alexander Yorgia, former Ranger as well, 10 wins, Talbot at 9, Connor Hellybuck at 8, Sergei Bobrovsky at 8, that always, you know, trips me up there, and Jake Ellinger at 8. Interesting to see, the leading goaltender in shutouts is Tristan Jari, one with three. One that I have uh, myself not been the biggest fan of for Pittsburgh, but you know what? He has dealt with a lot, and he is trying at his highest you know, level of competitiveness to keep them in there, and I have to take my hat off to him. I am wearing a hat right now, but I, I'm not going to take it off because I have headphones on. That would just be counterintuitive. But uh, um, speaking of William Nylander, he needs a contract at the end of the season. So, um, you know, Toronto does have limited cap space. Uh, the cap is supposed to go up, but, you know, with John Tavares still on the team, I know he's older, he only has a few more years, but John Tavares is still playing well point per game, um, and he is the captain, heart and soul of that team. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do to try and keep him, or if he, you know, walks and goes to another team, you know. I'm not really too sure where he would go. A lot of teams... I don't know if they would really have the space for him. He definitely wouldn't want to go to a team that's struggling, somewhat of his skill. But uh, I don't really know who's up for cap space. You know, maybe definitely not the Colorado Avalanche. They probably couldn't take him. Possibly uh, Dallas, the Dallas Stars. I know they have a few players who are older, like Joe Pavelski, who's still playing incredible at 39 years old. But, you know, some of those older guys, um, their contracts are coming up soon. You know, they could have a lot of cap space. Dallas is a good team. You know, maybe uh, pin pin this comment right here that maybe he goes to Dallas. That might be pretty sick, actually. Um, I'll do a little light the lamp. Uh, you know, going through the goals in the games, uh, I didn't really see any that were too phenomenal or stood out. Uh, and I, I don't mean to always just you know do Rangers and this and that, but uh, I'd have to pick Artemi Panarin's goal off the faceoff. That was just uh, you know his, his uh. Ambition to go for the puck and just let it rip right there and catch the goaltender off guard was impressive. Top shelf. You know, that's the one I got. With 25 saves in the game has been outstanding for the Devils. And the Rangers score! Panarin right off the faceoff. How about that? He, he stepped into the circle as the puck came. The, the, the faceoff was on the right side. Here he is. Oh, sorry about that. But he's right here on the right-hand side. There he is. And he'll just step in and find the puck and let it go. And it's in the net over the glove so quickly. And again, Panarin just keeps doing it. As for how the league's been uh, shipping out lately, I got to say, you know, it's been exciting. It's been a really cool season so far. Uh, I'm still kind of shocked to see Conor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl struggle the way they have. Um, the Oilers as a team overall struggling the way they have isn't as surprising because it's the same song and dance, same story, um, you know, every year. But just from them in general is interesting. And I, I really do think it's got to be injury for McDavid. I know he's playing full shifts now, but I don't know. Because before that, he was he was starting to ramp up his points and then miss some time. But uh could be a mental thing on top of it. Uh, Dreisaitl looks the same, but maybe a little heart, not heartless. Looks like he's lacking a little bit of heart with the team, which is understandable and fair for everything that's been going through them. Um, you know, Vegas not having the uh, Stanley Cup hangover is very interesting. Um, you know, Mark Stone's been playing full-time lately, You know, even though he mentioned possibly not being able to play a full season here and there. But we'll see. We'll see as we get to the mid-season, you know, if they take him out. Same thing with Jack Eichel. I, I, he, I don't think he's 
maybe play one full season in his career with his injury issues and durability problems, but still incredible uh, hockey players. I will say Kyle Connor leading the league with 14 goals, or tied, I should say, 14 goals with Austin Matthews is interesting. Not that I don't expect Kyle Connor to perform at a high level, but you know, with the uh, issues going on in Winnipeg and loss of some uh, great roster spots and you know this and that, I'm surprised that he's he's uh, being he's able to perform it the way he is. He's really stepping up. Maybe um, you know, just trying to trying to fight for Winnipeg. You know, they've had attendance problems recently, but we kind of chalked that up to um, economic issues with the poor economy. But also, I think it does play into the fact that the Jets have struggled for some time, and then when they finally seem close, they crumbled and kind of fell apart here. Um, I will say, I feel like some injuries have been a little more prevalent than uh, seasons prior. I don't know, you know, there's really no rhyme or reason to injuries, but, you know, it is is unfortunate to see. You want to see people play full seasons, you know, stat padding, (laughs) all this and that. Um, We got a lot of games coming up uh, this, you know, this holiday. Of course, zero on Thursday for for Thanksgiving, but uh, 20, uh, Wednesday, the 22nd, 14 games. And then Friday, you know, Black Friday, the 24th, 15 games. Um, So... You know, Matt and I will have a lot to cover when he gets back here. Do miss him on this. It is uh, definitely not the same without him. And it's a little weird just kind of talking to myself, looking out into the distance. But uh, I do love doing this. It's a little, uh, you know, a little uh, thing to get, excuse me, get your mind off everything. Everything going on here. But uh, I will say um, I am excited for the ski season. I am a big skier, so is Matt as well. Maybe we'll post some stuff on our Twitter or X. I'm just going to call it Twitter, but, you know, maybe some stuff of us skiing, whatever. We're trying to plan trips, but it's tough. You know, prices go up, and uh, if we don't get enough snow, there's no point to even go for that. Um, if, you, if you're if you on the fence about skiing or snowboarding, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you this. If you are, if you feel you are athletic enough, if you feel like you love the outdoors enough, and if you feel that you can take falls in, 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 in a good way, you know, it is snow, right, at the end of the day. Obviously, you can still get hurt falling, but it's not like you're falling on, like, skateboarding, like, blacktop. Um, but if all those things apply to you, uh, I highly recommend you just you just go for it. Like, you know, listen, first couple times you go, you're going to fall. You're going to feel awkward. You're going to feel embarrassed. Everybody's looking at you and you kind of look like, like, you know, dumb, not sure what you're doing, you know, pizza in and crisscrossing your skis and then falling or, or your snowboard falling on your butt. But you know what? Once you get the hang of it, that wind blowing in your face and just going down mountains and being at the ski lodge and being at cabins with your friends and family or, you know, it's just an amazing experience. And uh, yes, it can be pricey. It can be very pricey, but it's worth every penny if you can get into it and into it big enough. Um, one other thing I forgot to mention in here too, as I got sidetracked talking about life and skiing is uh Patrick line has been struggling with only three points in nine games. He is listed here for the first time in his career, a healthy scratch. Um, but I have seen some conflicting stuff here saying that um, today or yesterday was the anniversary of, of the unfortunate passing of his father. So that could be, part of why he's healthy scratched. I know there have been videos of him being angry on the on the bench lately in his performance, but I'm not going to, you know, reach and try and be like, oh, yeah, it's just because of his performance. I mean, the whole team's struggling, but I, I think it might have to do with his father. But I just want to throw it out there for Columbus Blue Jacket fans and anybody who 
loves Patrick Line. I know he struggled in the past and had cold spritz spouts here and there. But um, yeah, so I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, thank you for listening again. Thank you for listening to me ramble without Matt this whole time. Uh, I know he did that one time, so now it's my turn, of course. Um, you know, check out check us out every Monday and Friday. Of course, no episode coming this Friday because of Thanksgiving. But other than that, every other week, besides the holiday week, Monday and Friday, sometimes Wednesdays episodes, but you know, strictly Monday and Friday episodes. Check us out in our social. We tweet daily, and uh, you know, it's a we we have a lot of fun on there. Definitely send us an email, icetime9899 at gmail.com. We'd love to do a mailbag episode someday. And uh, thank you for all the support. Have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Tell your friends and family at the dinner table about our show. Really do appreciate it. And uh, we will catch you on the next one.